This is Cult Transmissions, and today we are going to feed off the poor. Avoid thinking. Keep repeating to yourself. It's only a movie. This is Cult Transmissions Podcast. Where we talk about movies that are cool. With your hosts, Clay Bones, Eric Salazar, Brian Trout, Patrick Hobo. Now, let's talk. So, here we are again, y'all. Uh, did you guys watch anything special this week? Uh, I, I've been watching, uh, Castlevania. Uh, the new season on Netflix. It's the, uh, People keep referring to it as an anime. I don't know why it's mostly American uh, production, but uh, it's really cool. It's written by one of my favorite comic writers, Warren Ellis. And if anybody knows me, they know I love Castlevania and mm-hmm. I love my funny books. Yep. That is just a match made in heaven. If you aren't watching it, you are doing yourself a disservice. This uh, this season in particular really gets into the nitty gritty. Like the first two seasons, the first season was just short. Season two. You're kind of just stuck between two locations. Uh, season three really opens a lot of stuff up. Anyways, if if you're not watching it, you should, you should be watching that. Otherwise, I watched this. Watch the movie I got picked next week. Um, quick question: Did you watch the Outsider finale? No, I'm still I'm still waiting on it. I almost don't want it to be over, so I'm just kind of I'm just kind of. Is it? Don't don't tell me anything. Just don't. I'm even, not telling you anything. Don't even be done. Stop just, making faces. Just maybe not be so excited. See, this is going to color my uh, way I watch. I'll just say they veered far from the novel in a way I think they assume was better for viewing. And I don't know if I agree that it was better for viewing. That's all I'll say. But I hope you love it. I hope you love it. Otherwise, I've just been reading a bunch of contradictory information about COVID-19. Yeah. (laughs) Let's not even start. (laughs) Pretty awesome. Yeah. No, it's not that bad. No, it's horrible. No, uh, Eric, what about you? Uh, I discovered an awesome martial arts movie from the 90s that I've never seen. It's yeah. it straight to VHS or video. Beta. Um, well, it's from 93. Oh, okay. But it has Bolo Young, mm-hmm. which we all love from. Yep. Everything awesome. Swallow Young. All of the Van Damme movies. <laughs> yeah. He's Van Damme's uh, arch nemesis. Yeah. Uh, what percentage of the film did he have a shirt off? Yeah, opening scene. <laughs> <laughs> he got hot afterwards. <laughs> but it's awesome. It has um, the, the Johnny from Karate Kid oh, with that guy. He's like his protege dude to feel. Basically, it's shoot fighting, which they just go fight in a tournament or whatever. And the um, his the main bad guy is Martin Cove from Karate Kid. The Cobra Kai uh, sensei but it's really awesome it's like I'm sad I missed it as a kid because I know I loved it even more but yeah check it out Shoot Fighter Shoot Fighter Death. we definitely need to find some of those crazy action movies from the 80s that got swept under the rug Help. also put them on this show in the movie it has two of the guys from uh that play the storms from Big Trouble in Little China in it. What the fuck? 
Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's kind like of a who's who. Yeah. Yeah. Why did yeah. it not succeed? I have no idea. It was after, a lot of it's like straight up like blood sport. <laughs> like a lot of it's the exact same. But. Well, yeah. I mean, you think about all that stuff at that between like the 80s and 90s, and you got the Kickboxer franchise. Best Enter of the, the best. Ninja, best like, of the best. It's hard not to see everything, like, because blend together. Yeah. Um,. I finally saw the 2019 Richard Stanley Colorado Space. It was beautiful. And that's I'm tempted to grab that. That's all I'll say. And then I finished reading This Music Leaves Stains, The Complete Story of the Misfits by James Green Jr. And it's pretty, pretty righteous read. It follows everything from like before, like the bands they were in before the Misfits, all the way up till about the point where Doyle started going out and doing the shows with Danzig. I was hoping it was going to go a little after that, but it is worth a read for sure. Nice. Uh, I started my week off watching Sorority House Massacre 2. Um, never seen the first one, so I'm not sure why I skipped to this. I think I just saw it on a Amazon Prime, I believe, and jumped on the opportunity. But it's your expected campy 80s flick with a Killer with probably one of the craziest weapons in a movie I've ever seen. It was just a massive Prince-looking red guitar with a probably two-foot drill on the headstock. <laughs> and, you know, it goes about as expected. It just basically drills through an entire house full of uh, what it is. It's like a, band, a full female band. And uh, they have quite a few musical numbers, which is pretty off-putting in a movie like this. But, uh, yeah, he basically go to meet at some condo one of their parents has and it's empty so they take it over for like band rehearsal and the killer comes back i don't think it's it's not the same killer from the first one so they don't really explain that to my knowledge but i know it has the final girl from the first one is in the band so basically he picks them off one by one there's crazy musical number where he like sings and serenades one of the women (laughs) and then kills her at the end that was the only scene i really remember standing out but after that, I jumped over to Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, made-for-TV classic from 81. Um, that's pretty awesome. You know, a handicapped guy, uh, or mentally handicapped, I should say, gets wrongly accused of a murder of a little kid, and the mob of the small town, you know, kills him, and he comes back as a scarecrow to get his revenge on him. It is kind of creepy. It's not, like, graphic or anything. Not excessively violence made-for-TV, but... It has some really awesome, effective scares in it for, you know, a simple movie, but, uh, that's about it for me. I think I only got to watch two. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Special Kid, I watched, um, The Toxic Avenger Citizen Toxie or whatever. Uh, (laughs) The entire opening scene is ridiculous. It's pretty rough. Yeah. Alright, so before we dive into society, uh, let's talk about body horror. So uh, let's kind of go through, you know, the lists, uh, our lists. We don't have to rank them necessarily, but see what comes to mind when the, when you hear the phrase body horror, Clay. Uh, okay, so I guess the one that, like, stands out the most for me is obviously the thing. Uh, otherwise, uh, <laughs> I always go to uh, the Tetsuo movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Shinya, I'm sorry, I forgot your name, dude. Uh, Shinya Sukamoto or something like that. Uh, anyway, he's really good. But uh, 
I've only watched the first two. I hear bad things about Tetsuo Bullet Man. Bullet Man, yeah. But uh, I, you can, you know, Tetsuo and Tetsuo Body Hammer are both really good. Uh, the Fly, just Cronenberg in general. Just the, the Fly was obviously a movie that really stuck with me. Uh, Video Drone, I, I don't know. I mean, people don't really, I guess, refer to it as oh, a body it movie, is. but it is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So uh, that's actually that's the one that actually at first popped in my initially when we were talking you know, we were talking about body horror. I was like, oh, like video drama, that's a, a good one. But I was like, oh, wait, yeah, Eric's like the flies. Like, yeah, there's yeah. a lot when you start thinking about it. I was just like, yeah. uh, that's another thing I was yeah, gonna say. You gotta open the five. Uh, I was gonna say Akira is. Yeah, <laughs> so I was absolutely. I was thinking that would be on your list. Uh, for sure. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. it is. Insofar as yeah. it's one of my favorite movies, the the gross. Bit at the end isn't. I mean, it's one of my favorite parts of the movies, but it's it's not the thing that sticks with me for that movie. But definitely. No, now that I see it, society is like the exact same setup as a cure. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just just body horror at the very yeah, end. Out of fair nowhere, enough. Yeah, the uh, body just horror. Seeing how pissed that would make you. Society uh, sucks. It's just on the inside. It's all about society, right? It's a broad, it's a broad term. Like Patrick was saying, there's a lot that can fall under that. It's interesting to me to see what one man or woman might consider body horror. Another person would be like, "What are you talking about?" And kind of see them, you know, look at things a little differently. I've heard other, you know, podcasts or documentaries kind of debate it. It's interesting to me, like what can be considered. Because I have one on here. I think we discussed it in private before but that movie the skin i live in yeah, yeah. from you know like 10 years ago or so um antonio banderas plays a yeah. surgeon a pl- like a kind of a plastic surgeon type but he's like one of the best experimental does a lot of things at his house and it's i hate spoiling it but the body horror aspect has to do with a way in which he gets revenge on somebody who did something terrible to one of his family members and he basically makes them a different gender and <laughs> makes them fall in love with him sort of it's very bizarre but it could be, i mean being trapped in a different body a whole different gender like against your will could be considered body horror to me i mean it's pretty jarring in the movie so i just i think it qualifies uh patrick what about you what you got so <clears throat> i had a few that you know, immediately popped out. But then, like, I really get think about it, like, oh, this one is. Oh, this one is, too. And I was just like, ah. So I just had to stop, and I literally just capped it off at five. Um, number five, 1993, Body Melt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely disgusting. There's Great a- film. That's a good one. Uh, four, Brain Dead, 1992. Number three, Cronenberg Special, 1979, The Brood. That one's. I've never seen that. I kept seeing it referred to, and I thought it was just about killer kids. No, and really, it's just a few scenes. But those scenes are enough. I'm just like, okay, I've got it. So who wants to borrow it? I need to quit putting that off Uh, at this point. 1982 basket case. (laughs) (laughs) And then my number one, I think, just because I love this film so much, is the 1987 Street Trash. I mean those. Yeah. Neon deaths. Yeah. Come on. But no, there's so many. I could keep going that I just remembered. <laughs> yeah. Nobody had Father's Day on there. The, the only one that <laughs> you guys haven't said that I have, um, I put Eraserhead on. Yep. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. Crazy, creepy baby. But yeah, I have the fly basket case. The fly used to weird me out. I think I, I definitely watched that way too young. Yeah, it was like syndicated on TV. <laughs> it wasn't syndicated, but you you could catch it on like just broadcast TV, and yeah. like in the evening on a weekday evening or something. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I didn't have, I I put I put Society on here. It I saw it a long time ago, so it's probably been more, you know, ingrained in my brain longer than it has y'all. So, but I I, I just think it's definitely not as good of a movie as most of these mentioned, but. As far as body horror, it hits all the check marks to me. I mean, it's that finale is about the epitome of body horror, in my opinion. So, uh, but uh, the only one that you guys haven't named, well, is the skin I live in, which I already did discuss. Um, few honorable mentions for me would be Starry Eyes, fairly recent movie. Yeah, I think that's that, good. Yeah, that, that dives pretty deep into it, you know, toward the end, and then Altered States. Um, that one definitely, definitely needs to be mentioned. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think that covers it. It's pretty, pretty fun genre to, uh, experiment with. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, uh, let's check out the trailer, y'all. For Bill Whitney. I've never been paranoid. Fear plays a large part in family life. I feel like something's gonna happen. And if I scratch the surface, there'll be something terrible underneath. He's afraid his sister... Could you zip me up, Billy? ...is not what she seems. God, Bill, what's the matter with you? He thinks his friends are out to get him. Make waves with you. You're going to drown. People are what they are. Now you have to learn to accept that. He's about to find out the truth. Why, why are you guys doing this to me, huh? What, you've been living with these people all your life and you didn't know anything about this? It's far worse than he could ever imagine. If you don't follow the rules, Billy, bad things happen. Didn't you know, Billy boy? The rich have all sucked off low-class scum like you. Uh-oh, guy. Clarissa? so intense. Now, some people make the rules, and some people follow the rules. It's a question of what you're born to. You never were one of us. You know, you really deserve what's going to happen to you. I, I don't think so. Wait. Can't you see they're setting you up for something? You know how I hate to give you drugs. You're officially dead. Don't go home, Billy. No, 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 no. Bill Whitney is about to become one Showtime, Billy! with society. <laughs> Who are you? Let me give you a hand, Bill. <laughs> In Beverly Hills, what you fear is only the beginning. Anything for society. So, 1989 Society, directorial debut of director Brian Usna, who went on to do some classics like Bride of Reanimator, Return of the Living Dead 3, The Dentist, and Beyond Reanimator. Uh, any fans here of those movies? 
I'd say he's definitely a reanimator. Solid, I've, only, I've only seen reanimator. Like I haven't seen. This is the only directorial movie he's done that I've seen actually. Well, wait, you haven't seen Return of the Living Dead three? No. Body horror. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's some awesome stuff. I mean, it's gotten more of a following lately. I've noticed. Back in the day, it was kind of the redheaded stepchild of of the other two. Even two, to a degree, isn't yeah. respected. As much as I think it should be, I think it's fun as hell. I think it's a little weird that characters are playing, the actors are playing different characters. Might have threw people off, but it doesn't matter. It, it's fun. Yeah, I love it. But three has that gag in the sewer, I believe they are, where the guy's like spine gets ripped out, but not totally severed. So his head is like four feet above his body mm-hmm. on his spine, just walking. He's like eight feet tall. That part is just awesome shit out of me. Creature that's in the laboratory or whatever. It's yeah. Pretty gross. Yeah, I mean, there was cool elements. I mean, that, the whole thing with the, him trying to save the girl. It's almost like breaking Hooker all over again. Um, yeah, he was actually a prolific uh, producer and writer as well before this. He produced uh, the original Reanimator uh, from Beyond, Warlock. And here's where it gets interesting. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> that was a good uh, movie. that was interesting to learn. I'm, I'm glad I have to dig unearth that fact. I heard Rick Moranis is making a comeback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll probably talk about that at some point. Uh, then Day Gone, pretty pretty interesting Lovecraft adaptation. He really dabbles in the Lovecraft. That was my first uh, thing I noticed about him uh, when I was you know first getting into Lovecraft. It's like this guy really fucks with Lovecraft. Um, what about the movie Ticks? You guys seen Ticks? With, I have uh, not. With Carlton? Is that the same one? I don't know. How many movies called I've seen a Ticks movie are? called Tick, and again, there's some body horror in it. I have if a, it's the same one. And actually, the movie I'm about to mention, The Giver, I know yeah, you remember that. I love The Giver. Okay, The Giver was a pretty good that's, little, that's an anime adaptation. Fucking Mark Hamill. Yeah. Uh... As far as writing goes, uh, he wrote the story, not necessarily the screenplay, to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which blew my fucking mind. Uh, yeah, he wrote From Beyond, uh, Ride of Reanimator. He had his hand heavily into the Reanimator franchise, for sure. Oh, so uh, just real quick, uh, before we get too far ahead, so, uh, Eric was right, Tix is the movie with Carlton. um, So that's what we're doing next, right? It has uh, fucking Seth Green. What's the dude's name? What year is that? It is 1993. Yeah, I guess Seth Green's been doing it for a while. He was in the It miniseries back in the day. Huh. Oh, yeah, Clint Howard. Oh, yeah. He's like a man. He's in every movie, but yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds like a good one. It is. I, I, I don't remember how I saw it. Hmm. Say or something. And as far as uh, the writers of Society, it's a gentleman named Rick Fry, and they really hadn't done a lot. The only thing they had really worked on, well, there's him and Woody Keith, and all they had really worked on was this and Bride of the Reanimator with Yuzna as well. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, and Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. That's it. I mean, I've noticed Yuzna has a tight-knit group that he kind of works with, from what I've noticed. I believe uh, the direct, or producers did kind of guide them towards the special effects artist who goes by Screaming Mad George. Uh, 
who's known for his work on Predator, Big Trouble in Little China, and The Abyss. Uh, I don't know if enough can be said about this dude. No. It's a good resume just right there. Just sure. yeah. Three movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically, let's see what years those were. So yeah, this came after all of those, I believe, correct? I believe the, so. Maybe the abyss, abyss, I guess. Yeah. In the 90s, big trouble. What? Where was Predator? Early nineties. No way, dude. Pretty sure Predator's in the end of the night. Well, either way, I mean, very short amount of time. He did a lot of badass effects work. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to dip too much into what he did in this movie till we get to the actual plot, but. Uh, and then we got a gentleman with a badass name, Billy Warlock, <laughs> as our star Bill, or our lead, I should say. And we got... Uh, Spent a lot of time on Days of Our Lives, apparently. Oh, <laughs> and uh, Baywatch. This dude is a Baywatch stud. He's a, he's a Baywatch babe, for sure. That, yeah. Strong Uncle Jesse vibes. Yeah. <laughs> and the hair, for sure. Uh, yeah, he plays Bill Whitney. Yeah, he was—he's so badass. He's like, I'm not—I'm using my own name in this movie. Just hmm. take the Y off. We got a Conchetta de Agnes as Nan Whitney, his mom, if you want to call her that. Hmm. Charles Lucia as Jim, old Daddy Whitney. Ben Slack as Doctor Cleveland, the kooky uh, counselor. Evan Richards as Milo, his buddy, and Patrice Jennings as Sister Whitney. Or sorry. Jenny Whitney. Um, there's a lot. There's a massive cast, by the way. I ended up like trimming this down from like 20 names, and they all had like fairly significant roles in the movie. Yeah. So I was just like, man, I can't. I don't want to go on and on. Ferguson guy. <laughs> yeah. Petrie. Uh, there's a ton. I mean, I kind of wish I would have now, but we're going to dip into it in the plot a little bit. Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, release of this movie. It debuted at Cannes Film Festival in France on May 13th of 89. And it was released in the UK, Spain, Germany, and Japan around, you know, around that time. But it didn't release the US till June 11th of 92. They had uh, some trouble with uh, gaining traction, you know. It's kind of a little too out there for American audiences at the time. Didn't do too well in the test screen. And after... You know, the production, uh, after several of his productions failed for lack of finding directors, uh, Usna decided to move into directing <laughs> for that reason. So as producer of Reanimator, he held the rights to a sequel that he knew uh, would find financing. So he used this as leverage for a two-picture deal, which turned into society. And he did make sure they were wanting him to direct uh, a second movie, which I'm blanking out on it, but he was like, I am going to direct Society first if you want me to do that second movie. So I thought that was a pretty cool power move by him, but uh, it appealed to him partly because it was uh, thematically similar to a failed project he had done with, or tried to do with Dan O'Bannon. And I could not find what that was. Hmm. Nobody happens to know. We're going to have to bring that up on a future episode. Mm -hmm. But he altered the script from a traditional slasher film climax to a religious cult and uh, to the surrealistic aliens. Uh, a production company introduced him to Screaming Mad George, which we mentioned, and uh, he knew, or who they knew, to also be interested in surreal gore. That was a match made in heaven. 
and for the film's most surreal and gory sequence, the shunting using it based it on his own nightmares. Pretty, pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah, a warning <laughs> sign. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the sequence was further inspired by the great masturbator, uh, Salvador Dali painting. Uh, I looked at it. I could see it. It was pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, an author, John Tolson, identifies political themes imported from paranoid science fiction thrillers such as Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Invaders from Mars. And as far as the release of the film goes, uh, Society premiered at the uh, Shock Around the Clock Festival in London in 89 for its British release. Society was marketed in Video Trade Weekly with a picture of the film's theatrical premiere. Uh, Mark Kermode called this stupid yet brilliant as it demonstrated that the distributor did not know how to market the film properly, but also showed, showed recognition for traditional marketing a genre film was irrelevant. So, uh, it was successful in Europe, but it was shelved for three years before getting the release in the U.S., like we mentioned. So, uh, Usna said that he thinks Europeans are more willing to accept the ideas that are in a movie uh, that's why, for example, society did really well in Europe and the U.S. did nothing. Where it's basically a big joke, he said. So, I mean, I kinda see why people didn't take it seriously, but I don't think it's meant to. So, yeah. using a thought, he made a serious movie. Did he? Like, legit? <sighs> like, was he? <laughs> I mean, that's what it seems like from interviews, but man, I would like to think he knew it what he was doing. It seems straight up. It this thing gagged like him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's even labeled as comedy in a lot of places you look online. Uh, <laughs> I, but he also put he thinks it's because they responded to the ideas the in there. So I was he put he was totally having fun with them, but they are there nonetheless. But uh, as far as releases go, Arrow Video released a limited edition Blu-ray in the UK on June eighth, and in the US on June 9th in two thousand fifteen. It, it came with like new interviews and new artwork and there's a comic book sequel and a music video by Screaming Matt George. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, I would love to check out that comic. I had no idea that existed. But, uh, so it's like, when did you guys hear about this film? Last week. Really? I missed it. Uh, I, don't, I was telling Clay today or somebody, I don't know how I missed that movie. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I actually thought I had seen it until we watched the trailer, and I was like, this is not the same movie I'm thinking of. So. I had just watched it for the first time, I think, one or two years ago. I'd always seen the infamous picture of a butthead, and I I just I didn't know what movie it was from. I mean, I don't know how to even begin <laughs> legally searching for movies with that content in it. Um, yeah, it's fairly new for me. Yeah, I mean, it just did get swept under the rug. It's unfortunate because I remember when I did hear about it, uh, one of our friends had showed it to me um, on VHS, and it was hard to find even on VHS. Yeah. No DVD existed, and, you know, it was just, it was almost like a fucking viral video almost. It was just like something, not viral video, but like a, what do you call it? Well, no, just a hidden gem. Like, you know, those who knew knew, and they tried to share it with more people. Uh, yeah, I was just kind of curious how long it went under the radar for you guys. Just until last week. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could help. So. You also want to dig into the plot now? Yeah, let's do it. Let's slide right in. 
All right, feel free to kind of <laughs> talk about anything. <laughs> All right. So, Bill Whitney lives with his parents and sister in a mansion in Beverly Hills, California. Now, this is like straight up 90210 shit at the beginning. Uh, that's kind of vibe I got. But uh, despite the wealth, Bill tears, tells his therapist, Dr. Cleveland, that he does not trust his high society family. And when his sister's ex-boyfriend Blanchard gives him a serendipitously recorded tape of what sounds like his family engaged in a murderous orgy, Bill begins to suspect that his feelings are justified. So, uh, up to that point, there's some kind of odd scenes with the daughter or the sister. I'm going to talk about something odd. Blanchard straight up just looks like the kid who stole Pee Wee Herman's bike. <laughs> he does. He, like, he lost a little bit of weight. It, yeah, it uh, it colored my uh, his my. Uh, that's how I, I I I hated Blanchard as a result. Man, you got what's coming to you, bud. <laughs> Just trying to help. Trying to steal Pee Wee's bike. And I think they do kind of uh, early on. I think in that first scene with Blanchard, he bites the apple, and all the worms come out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're trying to plant the seed that maybe this motherfucker is crazy. And maybe, you know, everyone not believing him is justified, but uh, I think that was a cool little thing they threw at the beginning of the movie. Um, and, you know, in any far-fetched story, they always try to spin that the person's yeah. crazy. Didn't it open up with, like, a, he was having a nightmare? Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, he gives the tape to Dr. Cleveland. Oh, wait. Yeah, Dr. Cleveland, sorry. And when he uh, plays it back, the audio has changed to his sister's coming out party. So obviously okay, he's fucking crazy now. Uh, when Bill attempts to meet Blanchard to obtain another copy, he finds an ambulance and police officers gathered around Blanchard's crashed van. The body is placed into the back of the ambulance, but Bill is prevented from seeing its face. So this is where he's starting to realize some punky shit's going down and he's, you know, starts digging in to get to the bottom of it sick of his family shit. He knows they're up to something. But uh I kinda just got the feeling like every everywhere he went and was, you know, short following behind, everything was kinda falling apart. I would just like to point out that uh Bill just straight up walks up to a crime scene, starts pilfering around, and all that really happens to him is a cop tells him to get the hell out of here. Get out of here. Talk about white privilege dude. That <laughs> to be to be fair, I even, like, the first time I watched it, I was like, these cops are in on this shit. They gotta be like... <laughs> honestly, like, this movie's weird because I have a really, really hard time having any sympathy for Bill. Not only, you know, just the privilege, but just... Kid's a dork, man. He's a dick. Yeah. He makes fun of kids, like, how they're dressed. Makes fun of nerds uh, in front of the whole school. And then this is, like, who we're rooting for. And, like... He's got the Uncle Jesse hairdo, man. That's that's all I needed. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. He's a dick. You're right. And then uh, soon after, Bill attends a party hosted by his upper-class classmate, Ferguson, who confirms that the first tape was real. Now, there's some uh, Mm -hmm. colorful language, I believe. There's a fuck you butthead at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, by the way, he's uh, Ted the Tycoon Ferguson, by the way. You need to get that subtitle in there. Well, <laughs> so. isn't... This is... I wish I wrote it down, but this is where he was, like, basically, like, 
yeah, I fucked your sister, uh, like, your whole family, your, everybody at the Yeah, party. everyone, but, like, it's just bizarre, and, it, like, you know, he's still making it sound, like, less than what the parties actually are, oh. but it's pretty, pretty fuck you moment for old Bill. Yeah. So, so, just a few things before we, we go back in. That the entire time in the movie, they're talking about this coming out party or whatever. Mm-hmm. And as I was watching the movie, I was just like, am I supposed to know what a coming out party is? Because I was not a cool guy in school yeah. or whatever. Like, I didn't get to go to doing it. I was like, is this a thing people I do? Think or, it's know. like Quinciera, kind of 16-year-old, <laughs> something happens. But I yeah. never knew of that being a thing in America. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's that and... Uh, like we skipped over another thing. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I, in my notes, I kept like I was just trying to guess what the coming out party was, and I wrote. Uh, so that recording made it sound like a uh, Stretch Armstrong orgy. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, uh, I'm. Uh, I was pretty rock hard about that. Yeah, I finally. I felt like we were left out of the loop as poor kids. Like. Yeah. There's so much we don't know. <laughs> so much we don't know about shunting and incest and coming out. So angry and confused, which he is most of the movie, pouting around, yeah. stomping his feet with his mullet. He's a brat. Uh, he leaves the party with Clarissa, pretty dang beautiful babe, who I found out was in Playboy. Um, Hang on, what's movie. her name? Her name's Clarissa in the movie. Okay. Well, that's not a real name. We can no. look at that. It's, after, uh, after isn't that the Cecilia... Uh, Agnes or whatever. That's one of the names I put off, took off. But there was too many people to list the whole cast really. But uh, anyway, she's a beautiful girl that had been he had been admiring, and she. I mean, to be fair, she leads him on pretty early on with the whole like, uh, what's her name? Uh, she does Sharon the shit, Stone. She does the Sharon yeah. Stone. Yeah, yeah he, he shows some girlfriend. Yep, Bill. Oh, by the way, his girlfriend. I'm. Slip at her name, the blonde girl, the neon cheerleader, lips cheerleader. Yeah. She was <laughs> old in, bangs girl. She was in sorority or sorry, uh, slumber party massacre too. It was weird. I watched I'm it like right surprised. after. I was like, holy shit! Like that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, she got on my nerves too. Yeah, them bangs. Yikes. Yeah, I didn't feel bad for her. Yeah, she deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so just to work clear, for the bangs. Yeah, <laughs> she had a couple. <laughs> yeah, Clarissa didn't have them damn bangs, so she. All right, the next day, Bill confronts his parents and sister. And at Blanchard's funeral, Bill and his friend uh, Milo discover that Blanchard's corpse may be fake. That is a weird-ass scene. He looks like he kind of pokes his finger yeah. in their face. <laughs> like, hey, like, yes, this is fucking this paper mache. What the fuck's going on? And then, you know, some really, you know, that's when you he truly is convinced and he has a witness that something, uh, you know, bizarre is happening and things aren't what they seem. Uh, so that's when uh, Petrie, I believe, comes in. The guy that he's running a uh, for mm-hmm. class president yeah. against, his rival for pretty much all of high school. Uh, that's he basically sets up a meeting, and at their arranged meeting, Bill discovers Petrie with his throat cut in like a car down in the woods and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, he returns with the police. The body's gone, of course. And uh, the police give him a run around and say they're wasting everyone's time and almost try to arrest him. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, that's when it's kind of confirmed police are in on it. But anyway, uh, next next day at school, he's trying to explain to the entire like auditorium full of kids that Petrie's dead and he's missing, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, sure enough, a few minutes later, 
Petrie shows up smiling and smirking, like, Classic like I stuck place. it to you. You're crazy. You're not going <laughs> to win the votes now. Got him. Got him. Uh, then Bill arrives back at home. He confronts his family again, but this time with Dr. Cleveland's help, uh, the family drugs Bill. So the good thing is he has a great friend in, in Milo who trails him, and uh, Bill gets taken to a hospital. And Of course, I guess... Milo stayed there in the parking lot waiting for him, like he's his wife or something. Uh, so, uh, before we get too far, that was uh, the great line from the trailer. Now, Bill, you know I hate to drug you. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know I hate to give you drugs. Yeah. Says. So, Bill wakes up in this hospital bed and, and thinks he hears Blanchard crying out, but he discovers nothing is there. So, Milo tries to warn him, but of course, he likes to frantically panic and do crazy things. He drives back to his house. And at his house, Bill finds a large formal party happening. So, uh, basically, this is where things get real fun. Uh, Dr. Cleveland reveals that Bill's family and their high society friends are actually a different species from Bill. They're rich. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we yeah. assume he means. It's inbred. And to demonstrate, they bring in a still living Blanchard. Uh, and the wealthy party guests strip to their underwear and begin the shunting. So before we get into what that is, for those listeners who haven't seen it, um, I actually got the definition. In medicine, a shunt is a hole or small passage which moves or allows movement of fluid from one part of the body to another. The term may describe either congenital or acquired shunts, and acquired shunts sometimes referred to as iotrogenic shunts may be either biological or mechanical. So, uh, what the shunt? <laughs> okay, so, okay, so a, a few, a few things. There's a great line, uh, God, I, the, uh, I believe it was the judge or the governor of the town, I can't remember who it was. Basically, the, uh, the judge. Yeah. I love the thrill of the kill, or the thrill of the hunt and the smell of the shunt. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, this is kind of funny, I, I wrote in my notes here, it's like, so I see where Martyrs got its uh, swerve. It's a, you know, third act swerve uh, from, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, uh, honestly, I, I kind of, I mean, I don't know for sure, obviously. But. I almost think it's one of those things where people love and talk about you know, how infamous this ending is, but I think it's perfect how it is, like, 10, 15 minutes. Like, imagine an sure, hour and a yeah. half of this shit. It would be, it, your, your mind couldn't handle it. Like, it's just like the perfect cherry on top of a campy 80s movie to me. But anyway, I don't want to... We're going to dive even deeper into that now. But uh, so basically what the shunt is in, in the movie is physically deforming and melding into each other, all these rich fuckers. And uh, they suck the nutrients out of Blanche's body. So that's essentially how these people have survived for what they say, what, centuries or yeah. basically as long as time. They've been yeah. just incest, like having sex with each other and, and, you know, basically keeping each other going. It, it's, but see, I, I'm assuming Bill's adopted. Is that the vibe you got? Yeah. I yeah. believe he was like raised, like it was just kind of like a perverse little game of theirs. Like we're yeah. going to raise this, uh, well, sort of like we treat cows. It's kind of weird. You never really yeah. understand. Cause he was never like their target for the, 
shunting, was he? I mean, Blanchard I, I was believe from the so. get-go. No, that's what they say. They're like, he's the main course, dude. He's the, uh, like, the so whole thing. So they did plan like, it? So they planned him to come back there? Yes. Like, lured? Okay, that part of slipped that's my mind. That's why his jeep was there. That makes sense, because I, I was going to say... Like, no, no, go back. And he's, like, being a total dickhead. Like, yeah, he oh, comes yeah, in with I'm this... I'm unkillable. Yeah, the way he acts... uniform. He acts that uh, when he gets out of the, uh, hospital... He's like, I'm just here. I'm gonna, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I think he forgets that he's not on the set of Baywatch uh, a few times in this movie. I did read something funny though. For being a guy on Baywatch, I'm assuming one of the sexy lifeguards. Uh, they said that he they tried to get him to like take his clothes off and be naked, essentially like a like a back view. And he sure. did not like his butt. Like he would not let them shoot his butt. He thought his butt was ugly, and he was scared to show it. I was like, bro, you're on Baywatch. As a man who doesn't like his own butt, I can I can completely empathize. Yeah, you don't make money off of your body like Baywatch stars. <laughs> not not know that we know of, anyway. <laughs> yeah, not on cable sell. television. Uh, so anyway, let's talk about the shunting. <laughs> have you guys have you guys seen anything like this done in the film? As far as like what they were doing, like mm, I mean, I've seen quite a few body horror movies, but no, the the shunting was particularly gross. I, I I'm by the way, I would just like to point out, I'm 100 percent positive they used KY jelly as the slime. I <laughs> think they used uh, they actually used um, like gelatin, like the cooking gelatin that's in. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So Crisco. One of my notes that I took was. Uh, does Brian Yesna have a KY Jelly of the Month subscription? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if not, he does now. So, so for those of you that haven't seen it, the shunt is basically, it slowly starts with uh, Blanchard like kind of screaming and riding around. It's kind of creepy, actually. It's, yeah, almost it's, like, it's almost like a horde of zombies slowly piling in, but they're all like mm-hmm. smiling and laughing and giggling, and he's fucking panicked, flopping around, but he's held down by like three people. And they all just kind of start rubbing on him, and you're like, okay, this is sexual, like, they're, they're gonna molest him, what's going on? And then, like, I think one of them, like, sticks their fingers in him, like, yeah, like he's yeah, fucking jello or yeah, something, and you're just like, okay, that's not normal, people can't do that. A couple of people get their heads pulled through the beholes. Yeah, well, what's, well, what so. really, <laughs> like, and it keeps cutting to, like, Bill's reaction or whatever, like, and watching a horror as they hold him and make him watch, but... It cuts to another one, and like their mouth is just like, like Beetlejuice stretched, like the ghosts like yeah. stuck to them like a straw, and that's when you're like, oh fuck, this is not sexual. This is much more perverse than that. So that just imagine like, eventually like twenty bodies just molded together in a pile of flesh. It, it's it's disgusting. Yeah, uh, it's Wet all flesh. moving. There's eyes. There's teeth. Slimy. There's hair. There's boobs. There's but slime. So I'm just gonna say it. I I wasn't that far off when I said uh, whenever I predicted a stretch Armstrong orgy, it's just yeah. that just a little bit more gross. Like the limbs are all stretched and yeah, and one and... single cigar. Yeah, I think the first time <laughs> oh, I saw it a long time ago, I wasn't young, but I mean, you know, a long time ago, I remember being bothered by like how happy they all were during it. Because you're looking at it, and you're like, this looks terribly painful and mm-hmm. gross and horrifying and all these people are so obviously except Blanchard and Bill but everyone else there is just like having a great time like like you know just, you know the business as usual the like joke. an orgy at Whataburger yeah. <laughs> okay yeah the sound anyway yeah. now that you know what is going on with this shunting uh, it, 
Their intention is to do the same to Bill. So as he escapes and runs around the house, uh, he finds his family in another room engaged in similar uh, disgusting activities. Uh, his mom has, like... Well, first of all, he walks in and there's, like, legs dangling from the, the bed. I, or no, hands? Hands. hands. Yeah, yeah. It turns out those are his fucking mom's legs. And she walks up, like, real creepy. Like, imagine a body arms for legs mid, walking mid towards arms. him yeah like big buff arms <laughs> and then like the front of her dress lifts up and it's her sister's fucking head where her crotch would be and she like i don't know what she says but she like says something uh, sarcastic yeah, to bill and Look, earlier dad's in, got a good line yeah early in the film we haven't even said it i mean <laughs> we've mentioned it but uh a very out of nowhere one-liner as 80s as it gets uh bill tells his dad fuck you butthead yeah and what's funny is it kind of works, like, in the moment. Like, can they make a fart noise, too? He does, yeah. He, but, like, <laughs> just, just with the, he raspberries with his mouth. He's like... <laughs> oh, in the, in the first moment? Yeah. Or the, no, yeah, in, the, in this scene. Oh, yes. in the shunt, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he he's like, I guess you're right, Bill, I am a butthead. <laughs> he like, he like, he's literally... <laughs> An yeah, ass. His yeah, face is it. where his this face. Is why, is, this is why I don't buy that. Brian Yuzo was like, no, it's a very serious yeah. movie. <laughs> like, so basically, it's, it's basically a gross alien version of an aristocrat's joke. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's someone's ass like facing you, but where the hole would be, it is his dad's fucking face. The mouth it basically is the butthole, and uh, yeah. So he tells him, "You're right. I am a butthead." <laughs> Sounds. Really stupid, but it works. This this is the one movie where they could pull this off and not feel super stupid. Uh, so anyway, that you know explains what his family had been up to and all the weird incest shit. So it's all confirmed for Bill. And then uh, he confronts Ferguson, killing him by reaching inside of him mid shunt and pulling his pulling him inside out, which is probably my favorite gag in the whole movie. That's pretty awesome. He just literally. Pulls him inside out. Uh, was kind of nice. That Ferguson was a really good, like, snobby, rich piece of shit. Like, I kind of like seeing him get his comeuppance. But uh, so, oh, so, so the bit where like he was trying to uh, shunt Bill at one point, and he like stretches his face out. And, like, there's just yeah, you see the like the fish, the fish mouth or whatever. It's cracking me up. Get out of here, Brian Yuzna. You did not make this. You guys do know that he reverse engineered this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I know because I saw it in the notes. Yeah, I I was just thinking this is a good time to bring it up because we're talking about how fun this ending is. That's because he literally started with this and wrote everything in backwards, which I think uh, makes total sense when you watch the movie. It's definitely not surprising. Uh, So anyway, Bill escapes with help of uh, Milo and Clarissa, which is weird. Clarissa... Is part of society, but loves Bill or has like you know, basically helps him against his her family's wishes. And let's, um, me and Eric were kind of discussing this earlier today. What's up with Clarissa's mom? Uh, and we haven't talked yeah, about no, it. No, yeah, uh, that's a very confusing character. I guess she's part of. She's got to be a part, part of society. Of she just waltzes in. Is there, she yeah. like a failed? Uh, failed like attempt at society like does she not is she not shuntable 
I think she eats hair. She eats hair, yeah. So that's like, but but like, why doesn't she participate? I don't know. What's her face says She's... earlier. And by the way, a scene that I I've got to get this in. Like whenever she walks in on uh, Bill and what's her face, she's like, "Mom, get out of here." <laughs> uh, it's right before, right after, uh, like they're having tea or coffee, and she's oh. like. Do you want sugar or cream or for me to pee in it? And yeah. it's just like, anyways, moving on. Like, the movie doesn't even, like, yeah, it's just like, anyways, we're a super pervy movie, so, of course. Yeah, I like, think it's to show you that she, even though she's trying to act normal and, and be with Bill and, you know, be together, she's she can't help but be fucked up, like, from society. Um, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, it says she's part of their species but has fallen in love with bill so i guess she's willing to help him out but i just thought it was weird the one complaint i have is it seemed like they just let bill go like they didn't really try uh, that hard to yeah, stop them they, they basically part? just uh like so like if you just want to go through the rest of the movie they basically just you know after he pulls a guy inside out through his b-hole they just hop in a jeep yeah, but he just uh, Bill, leaves. Bill, Milo, and what's her face? Uh, they just hop in a jeep, and then they're they're out of there. And roll credits. I mean, I <laughs> I understand like it doesn't matter. The honestly, climax like, that already happened, and the you know they shot their load. You, you know, this movie's like the, its metaphors paper thin. I mean, it's fair. It's but like it, it's oh. fine. It, the whole it was fine. I was like, okay, that's. But I, I did think it was neat how, like, I guess, yeah, you could have caught the house on fire and killed them all, but, like, like the whole point is, like, they're not gonna die off. Like, that that is society. It is perverse. The, the top 1% are like that, in a sense, so they're gonna... You, you can't stop them, in other words. Like, I, I don't think Yuznay was even gonna try to let him defeat all them. He's just like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm gonna escape and live my poor life and let these weirdos do their thing. Yeah, because he's technically dead. Like, they... Yeah, oh, yeah he's technically dead. Yeah, he just... He yeah. So that, that was an interesting way to look at that. Like, it, I've just been dying to talk about how much this parallels with, like, current, you know, top 1%. Like, I could see this, like, happening in the White House. Like, if you remade this movie right now, you could literally have it set in the White House and it would feel fairly believable. Yeah. The way they are. I mean, I'd like to. I think Trump could be the center of the shunt. Seems very, <laughs> very, very fitting. Uh, that, that's spray tan and get all of them. Maybe that's why Biden is getting the the nod. Seemingly, like they're gonna bring him in as the the fucking sacrifice. Come on, come on, Jack. Anyway, let's take a break, y'all. Over here, I'm a boglin. Me and my buddies need a place to hide out. <laughs> Come a little closer. Oh, did I scare you? Oh, I do that so well. If you take us home, we'll kiss your Aunt Martha. <laughs> we'll eat your peas. And we hope you know lots of girls. Hey, the name's Boglins. You sold separately, and we're looking for good homes. Maybe yours. And we're back. So, what we're going to do is dive into some fun facts about this fun film. So, uh, I wanted to start with something I thought was awesome. Uh, Yuzna put, while they were shooting the infamous shunting scenes at the end, uh, Yuzna would put a sign on the soundstage door that read, Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. 
that was so the Inferno, yeah. I thought that was pretty pretty awesome. Uh, and then I, I brought it up earlier. There's uh, some comic books which a Scottish company, comic company called Rough Cut Comics, um, put out in 2002, uh, which was considered an official sequel. And I really am going to try to check that out because I don't know. I, I think the uh, this movie was so elusive and hard to get that it made me appreciate it more, if that makes sense, or like want to see it more because I never owned a v- VHS. So, um, I can't remember. I think it was on a DVD actually at one point. I think I misspoke earlier and said it wasn't. It was on a two pack with, uh, Spontaneous Combustion, Toby Hooper movie. Hmm. And I saw it like at a convention, Texas Frightmare, and it was like $40 or something crazy. So I just, I thought I would never have it. So it made me like want, like what you, you want, what you can't have type thing, you know? Uh, but yeah, and then they did have another comic book series that returned in 2003 with uh, Society Party Animal by writer Colin Barr. You know who that is? No. Play? How about uh, Shelby Robertson, the artist? I'm looking at all the names right now, and Neil I'll just Cameron. go ahead and... Nope. Okay. <laughs> okay. Then uh, uh, writer Woody Keith came from a Beverly Hills family much like that of Bill Whitney, and many of the characters depicted in the film are based upon real people that Keith knew in Beverly Hills. Pretty, pretty awesome. Seems about right. Then, uh, coincidentally, the Birmingham High School in Lake Balboa, California, used in the film, was the actual high school that star Billy Warlock graduated <laughs> from a decade earlier. So this motherfucker is like twenty-eight, 28 playing a high yeah. schooler, which I guess is normal. But yeah, I think there were thirty-five-year-olds playing Power Rangers too. So yeah, I mean, he pulls it off well enough. I was never like, they need to recast this. This is great, you know. I mean, yeah. I bought it for this type of movie. And then the hospital used for the exterior shots is the same hospital used in Halloween 2. Also awesome. That's pretty cool. And uh, I do want to point out how amazing Billy Warlock's father's name is, who was actually an actor stuntman. <laughs> so this guy played the shape in Halloween 2. He played Michael Myers. And his name is Dick Warlock. Let that soak in. Dick. <laughs> Dick Warlock. Should have gone by Richard. Richard Warlock. No, I mean that Attorney is a at law. pretty amazing, <laughs> like non-fictional name. Like it sounds very fictional. Um, I got a few trivers. Uh, the scene where Jenny's body distorts in the shower, which we didn't discuss, uh, was added during the production because Husnuff felt another shocking scene was needed earlier in the film. It's a real. That's like yeah, pretty early on. Yeah, she's like showering. You can see her from behind, purposely pushes her bare butt against the glass, but also has, has front boob, back boobs. breasts on her back. Uh, I think her head's twisted around, yeah. too. Isn't yeah, they get bendy. And her body's they get bendy, well, they get Yeah, in, in the yeah. plot, I, I summed those all up to the weird incest moments, because yeah. there's a lot. Yeah, but you're right. We should have discussed them. It's, there's uh, the one where she has the... Uh, Dress needing zipped up, and he's like, uh, "Oh, yeah, of course." A little, a little and he's, but but before you see the slime and the pus bubble, you know, pulsating, he's like staring at her back, and like like it's just odd how he creep, approaches hey man, doing it. She's not really his sister. He could totally hit it. It's fine. Wow. <laughs> Maybe he was waiting till her coming out to, to make a move. Oh, apparently, this film was shot in five weeks, which it seems very fast. Seems fast, yeah. but. I don't know. I mean, I can see it. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, it's a fairly 
contain movie. The sets weren't crazy. Just kind of back and forth between the same. A few locations. Bill running back and forth, panicking. Uh, yeah, I guess I could see that. And it was, I don't think the budget was that much. I think it was like two million, I believe, is what I read. I probably you get a lot of jelly that for that. So <laughs> I covered. I'll look that up and confirm it here in a second. Uh, anyone else have any fun facts that they might have came up with? Nope. Watched <laughs> the movie, took a few notes. <laughs> so uh, I'll go over my final thoughts here, or just my thoughts in general. But like I said, it was a hidden gem for so long that uh, it's unfortunate because I think it is an absolute, uh, you know, classic 80s horror flick. So yeah, this was a hidden gem for so long that it's uh, unfortunate because I think it's like the perfect 80s horror flick. Uh, it shouldn't have been swept under the rug for so long, in my opinion. I mean, I know the ending's controversial and crazy, but uh, I don't know. It is very sought after. It was very expensive for a while. Uh, but those last 10, 15 minutes like, gave it such infamy. I just remember people were always talking about it on message boards. And, you know, like, it's just crazy how 15 minutes can launch you to the forefront of, like, people's minds when they hear the term body horror. Uh but I don't know. I liked the campiness. A lot of people were put off by it, but I think it adds to the charm with any other 80s movie. But I highly recommend it. It's fun, especially to show to like unsuspecting friends like you guys, I guess. Uh, the less you know, the better, for sure. What do you guys think? Um, well, for starters, it got 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, if anybody was wondering. Um, I don't know. I think if you want off-the-wall, gross-out film, watch it for sure. It's absolutely on the any body list horror. I would say probably top five, honestly. Um, another film that relates to today's society, the rich feasting and sliming on everyone else. And I think the acting has the appeal of, like, uh, Terror Vision or something like that, so don't go in expecting Grammy sure, dialogue. Sure, it's campy and that's fine, yeah. Um, it's not one I'll watch very often, but I can definitely appreciate his vision, and I would totally recommend it to someone feeling a little adventurous and slimy. <laughs> yeah, so after I watched it, I I didn't have my wife watch it, but I just skipped through the scene. I was like, okay, check this out. It's <laughs> like, okay, you'll see this guy's feet under the covers, and just wait. And like, <laughs> like a butthead comes out. And I showed her that. I showed her the, you know, the, the, the main indie. Like, it's one of those things, like, you kind of want people to see it. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Just because it's like, look at this. It's disgusting. The sounds are disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like, the judge is disgusting. Like, yeah. It's just like, okay, watch this. <laughs> yeah, did anyone notice when he dropped his cigar in the slime and picked it back up? It was yes. all fucking wet and gross. Just kept kept puffing away, and it made me feel like I need to uh, moisturize my skin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clay. Uh, yeah, I had fun. It's a it's a pretty brisk. I think it's like eighty five minutes, which most of the movies we're doing so far have been at, at approximately the same, you know, like under ninety minutes. Uh, it was good. I it doesn't have any like long long lasting appeal. I'm I'm glad I've seen it. You know, there's. The climax is certainly uh, going to stick with me. 
Having said that, I think there are movies that do the exact same thing, like, better. But it was fun. Like, the, the campy bits at the beginning were fun. I actually felt like I had more fun with just this guy trying to figure out why everybody's so weird and pervy uh, than I did with the uh, the climax of the movie. But the climax was also pretty awesome. Yeah, like, I, I don't think it, it made a point all that well. I mean... Yes, it was like yeah, the rich pe- rich people are gross, but you know that's there's a metric ton of movies that do that better. Uh, yeah, no, I I enjoyed it. I was like, well, this is a Troth movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, what's funny is I wasn't gonna go this route, but off air, I think Patrick a long time ago was like, I think Brian's gonna pick something gross. And that literally stayed in my head. <laughs> I'm like, what is a fun one that they might not have all seen? That fits that bill. Ah, oh, duh, society. Well, I didn't realize it was on Amazon Prime. So once I saw that, I was like, these motherfuckers got access, so they're going to watch it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it really plays out almost like it. I say this a lot, but it's a good bar to measure things by, but it felt like like a Tales from the or yeah, Tales from the Crypt episode. Sure, yeah. Like, like, everything about it. Like, even the acting, it almost felt, you know... Kind of like a slightly worse quality tells from the script episode, but yeah, I mean, I appreciate you guys watching it. Uh, sorry, you had to watch that. That's <laughs> fun. That's fun. I enjoyed it. I don't know how I missed it to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it feels like a classic, like so many other movies that are just way more highly regarded. I don't understand it. Besides the trouble it had with its release, like that's all you can, you know, contribute that to. But anyway, uh, Clay. What do we got going on next week? Uh, I spoiled it for you guys uh, a little bit, but uh, we're going to do the 1990... Okay, so this is a huge franchise, but the movie did not do particularly well initially, but we're going to do 1995... uh, The Crow. Ghost in the Shell. You know what's funny? I'll watch either one. After Akira, Uh I had started thinking, okay, I need to dabble in more anime or at least the classics because that was really cool yeah and that was the first one that popped in my mind i even like queued it up in one of my streaming programs sure i'm gonna save that for later so that's funny because yeah i already okay so i I will there'll be rules here because there's a bad bad cg remake of ghost in the shell one don't don't bother don't go bother with ghost in the shell 2.0 just so, well, I, love the, Scarlett. The, I love Scarlett Johansson. So, the, yeah. And That's stop fucking around <laughs> right now. Okay. okay uh, yeah, we're going to watch that. Uh, this episode's going to kill me, too. So, <laughs> I think on Prime, the original yeah. is on there. Yeah, it's on, I'm pretty sure it's on there. Because the 2.0, I clicked on it, and you have to rent it. So, so 2.0 is the one to avoid? That is yeah, the one to avoid. Like, we're doing... I cannot stress this enough. Yes, the nineteen ninety five. Okay, so Eric, two weeks from now, you need to pick the one with Scarlett Johansson. I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> Compare and contrast, or, or you can just pick Ghost. Yeah, <laughs> or, or Ghost. Ghost. <laughs> what about Ghost Dad? Uh, Is that no. on uh, That's a cult film. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I can find it. Leonard number six, maybe. Let's do a whole Cosby. Let's do a whole Cosby episode. Oh, a I'll true life monster. Don't watch this one with the kids. I mean, don't watch Akira with your kids either. But uh, this is yeah. definitely one not to, not to watch with the kids. Parker's like, oh, cartoon. 
I did show sort of? my 15 year old part, uh, most of Akira. Yeah, she enjoyed fine. it. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So I guess that's it for us. Be good. All right. Try. No you, other uh, news. You, you let us off the hook. Oh, uh, one, more, one mm. more thing, Eric. Hang on. I wanted to say. Uh oh. I just come to say. Um, <laughs> I want to say rest in peace to Max Von. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Exorcist and Needful Things. Seven Seal. Yeah. Star Wars. I mean, everything. That guy yeah. has an imprint, imprint on yeah. film in general. He was. So, yeah. He was 90 years old, so he lived a good long life. Oh, also, I think he's in Judge Dredd. What's crazy is he's only like 44 in The Exorcist. Yeah, yeah. made him look so old. Yeah, old, old, old I was guy. shocked yeah. to figure yeah. that out. Yeah, he was amazing in that movie. Anyway, uh, yeah. Until next week, happy shunting, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, wash your hands. <laughs> A lot of sanitizer. <laughs> uh, uh, well, son, I guess you're right. <laughs> I am a butthead. Hey, hey, Bill! <laughs> <laughs>